Hey guys, welcome to the Penrith Panthers NRL Fantasy Preview for 2023. The Panthers finishing back-to-back premiers. They're shooting for a, a three-peat. Now joining me on the line to help me analyse this team, we've got Rich, a.k.a. Jay Warrior. How are you, Rich? Yeah, good. Thanks, TK. Good to have another season up and ready to go. Yeah, mate. So this is the first time we've had you on air this year, mate. So excited to kind of see what you've been up to behind the scenes, mate. And you've ripped into these Panthers quite well. What's your thoughts at the moment? Because they've had a little bit of a turnover losing, what, both Kikau and Coruscant. And then they've also lost their two assistant coaches in Seraldo and Webster, who both became head coaches. What's your thoughts? Can they three-peat? Yeah, I honestly think they can three-peat. And I think they're becoming like a storm that they've got a plug and play mentality. Mm. So it's next man up and you've been in the system. It's your turn to have a crack. And then they'll just, uh, they've got a good junior setup, And I think they are a team that is going to go very close to three peating. Yeah. Now gains and losses here, Rich, 2023 gains, Luke Garner, handy going from the West Tigers, Zach Hosking from Brisbane Broncos. They'll compete for that left edge. Tyron Peachy returns in a trade with, from West Tigers and Jack Cogger. Young halfback comes back from Huddersfield. 2023 losses. The highly regarded Jermaine Hopgood to Parramatta Eels. Robert Jennings to the Dolphins. Viliami Kickout to the Canterbury Bulldogs. Appy Corris out of the Tigers. Sean O'Sullivan to the Dolphins. Charlie Staines to the West Tigers. And Christian Crichton, who remains unsigned. Bit of, bit of a, a big turnover there, Rich. I think, I guess what we're going to look at tonight, of course, is our studs, duds, cashies. Bounce back in a little bit of Trap City, but what I really want to pick your brain on a little bit is there's a whole heap of things actually, but the impact of losing Seraldo and Webster, I think it's getting a little bit underestimated at the moment, mate, especially when you consider how much of an impact they had on the team last year. Because Ivan Cleary missed a whole heap of the season last year because he had to be hospitalised. I think he had some sort of leg infection in the hospital for a lot of the year. So those two ran the team. But the other thing is the team had 15 players come back from the World Cup. And I know they came back a week early to training, but that was still only the first week of January. So they start eight weeks behind teams like the Knights and all those guys, teams that finished in that kind of bottom five or six teams. Yeah, it's a great point that you make. And we've seen that have an impact on other teams in the past and they become slow starters, slow out of the gate. And then it sort of means it puts pressure on some of those origin players to back up a little bit more. They don't, they want that top two finish. And so they might have to be forced to play extra minutes and then injuries creep in. So if they're not managed well, it could prove to be problematic. But um, the fact that they've played a lot together, it, it really helps the continuity and it means it's not like they're learning new systems. So yeah. I think they'll they'll get through that. Yeah, I'm anticipating they might lose a couple early games, but I still think they're, they're red hot in the top four this year. The other thing I wanted to pick your brain on there, Rich, just before we get into the players' side of things, Penrith have a very early buy in round three. And under the current rules of NRL Fantasy, we can only use two trades going into round seven. 
So what's the importance there, especially because there is a little bit of value in this team and some bigger names, of not loading up too too heavy too early? Yeah, I'm starting to hear this a lot at the moment. So as an example, if we were to have Cleary and another player, maybe you you wouldn't want to have Cleary and Yo because that's going to end up being, you know, 1.7K sitting on your bench mm. in round three. And that means that you're going to perhaps be 50, 60 points behind the field in round three. Yeah. So if you're taking a gun, you can only really take one gun per team if they've got an early buy. Yeah. How many, like, because they've got some good mid-rangers that I've seen in a few different teams. Example, Mitch Kenny, and then the other one's probably Luke Garner. The winner of Luke Garner and Zach Hoskins is also very, very attractive. Is it, uh, like, for me, I'm thinking maybe if you do go the route of Cleary, which is over 20% already, I think maybe you can only have another max of maybe one Penrith player considering that early buy. It's tough because the two that you mentioned both have money to make and you don't ever want to miss out. And I think with someone like uh, Kenny, it's not going to be a major problem because we always have a spare hooker lying around and so Brandon Smith's probably going to be in our team. Uh, We may even have... uh, another hooker again. So we mm. we might have uh, Tanner Boyd. We might have Liddell. So I don't think the hooker's an issue, but definitely in that mid-range could be a problem. So um, we just have to be aware of it and make sure that when we're building our team at the start of the season, yep. that we're on. Yep, great point. All right, Rich, let's... How good is this play? Let's rip into some player analysis studs. Let's start with the man himself, Nathan Cleary, 957K. Didn't really receive a discount at all. Break even of 66. Now, a big narrative going around the traps here, Rich, about he's going to shoot for a Dally M. So I don't, I don't buy this at all. But talk to me about where you kind of see him lying and his value and maybe the impact of both Api Corosau and Kikau on him. Leaving on him, sorry. Yeah. I think the 957, I think we all were looking forward to picking him up at 880 and that was going to be value. Yeah. 957, he might even just be a touch on the overs, but especially because, as you say, he's come back late from the World Cup and uh, it's fair to say he must have been uh, having dessert most nights as well. So he's got a little bit to work off, you could say. The Delhi M narrative is a great narrative, and that's all it is, is a narrative. <laughs> we know that Penrith is a great team, you know, and he's never really been a big one about his own plaudits. And when you're the Australian halfback, you don't need to have a medal to say you're number one. Yeah, I think he's got such a well-rounded game from a both attacking and defensive standpoint that... You know, he's probably going to score around that 60 mark. The only question mark I've got on him is a lot of his good attacking play in terms of setting up tries, setting up line breaks, does come on the back a lot of the time of good things that Api Corosau and Viliami Kikau have done earlier in the set. So it's going to be interesting to see because they've got some good replacements, but Nathan Cleary doesn't have the squad that he had last year. So... It's going to be interesting to see how he steps up. You know, we've seen him fail at state of origin level before. I still think he's a very, very good pick. I just think that considering that he's a lock for the origin team and they have an early buy, I just think that maybe Nico Hines and Cameron Murray would be ahead of him in my mind at the moment. And that's a very uh, reasonable and good statement to make is that 
they are valid points. Plus, we we suspect that he's going to start a little slow. So we're all going to finish with Cleary in our team at the end of the season because mm. he is premium player. But he's not necessarily a must-have at the start of the season. At 880 or if he was a lot cheaper, it might have swayed us. But at that price... And I don't know if kick out because he was on the, the left side, whether it's going to have as big an impact. And I I could make a narrative to say that he might just say, right, it's my team and we need points, so I'm going to run the ball a lot more yeah. and get into that scoring mode. That could be a narrative I, I'd go down, but it's not one I'm, I personally believe in. So Yeah, the way I was looking at it was the impressive work from someone like kick out the quick play the balls they're able to then shoot back onto the right and then he hits them up the middle so I just don't know if it's going to be there I know that Garner's a great hole runner and we're going to talk about Luke Garner a little bit later in the show but it's one of those things how much projection would you put on him this early in the season I guess we're doing a full season projection so even if he was to start late there's probably going to be some patches of time where he actually does outperform what's your thoughts on a season a projection there Rich? Oh for the for the season Projection? Yeah. I, th- I think we've got them pegged around that 65 to 68 mark. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, but I, I believe he'll be 70 at the back end and perhaps closer to 65 at the front end. Yeah. So um, there might be an opportunity to pick him up around the 900,000 mark after he's had his buy um, or even after Origin if, if we're still trying to build cash. Yeah, for such a good player, he still does have some things to improve. Like missed tackles, he had nearly three last year as well. Did decline in tries, only scored point one compared to you know in the COVID year of point six. So who knows? He did what come down nearly thirty points, I think, by average. So he might have some upside as well. So not a bad pick at all if you want to go after Nathan Cleary. Rich, we'll move on to Isaiah Yo. So he's co-captain at eight hundred and forty-seven k. Did had an outstanding year at. A break even now at 58. We project him around that as well, mate. But so many, we're just blessed for choice in that mid guns, mate, at the moment. We've got the likes of Tarpany, Carrigan, Cotter. And I guess all three of those guys are actually cheaper at this stage than Isaiah Yo. But give me your, give me your, give me your thoughts on Isaiah Yo at this stage, mate. If I was to try and sell him to someone who's just signing up for the game and you want to have a player that is super consistent, this could be an option. It's a very expensive option, mm. and you listed some really good choices, uh, and especially when you think of someone like Tarpany. He's probably got a higher ceiling, but he's also got a lower floor. However, Tarpany ain't, isn't going to play Origin, so he could be a really nice pickup, whereas Isaiah Yo, consistent, you know what you're going to get. He's not going to pump out a 35. Yep. You, know, you know 50s is base. But he'll he'll get up to those sixty fives, but he doesn't have probably an eighty in him either. So it's a really safe play. And if you're a super conservative player and just want to know where you're getting dollar value to points, he's an option. Yeah, I think you make a great point there. I think the big thing with Isaiah Yo is his minutes really do not change week to week. His role is always there. The other three guys that we did mention, sometimes it can vary some of the minutes that they have, especially with Tarpany and Cotter. That's for sure. But, yeah, definitely, if you're a safe player and you don't want to take too much risk, I think Isaiah Yo riding into the 
into the origin period, but like he like Rich did make mention before, you're probably not not wanting to hold both Cleary and Yo at the same time. All right, Rich, let's move on to no, 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 no. A few duds now. The returning Tyrone Peachy, mate, a 380k. I think it's one of those things, especially a break-even to 26. Trap for young players a little bit here, mate, especially for their newbies. Talk to me about kind of where the dud lies in Tyrone Peachy. Just his versatility. What can end up happening with a Tyrone Peachy is he gets named in a starting position. For whatever reason, maybe there's an injury, maybe it's origin, and he gets named. And we think, Tyrone Peachy, oh, <laughs> he used to be a good player. And... Uh, I've had him in fantasy teams in years gone past, and at times he's had a good run of three games. But his consistency is never there. He cannot lock down a starting position, and I cannot see him getting a starting position in the Panthers team. So no matter how cheap he goes, we don't really want to look at Tyrone Peachy. Yep, so all you newbies, just make sure you mark him off. The other guy we got is Jerome Luai. Now 535k, break even at 37 I think, really, his best quality is just calling everyone his son because he doesn't do a hell of a lot of, you know, production fantasy-wise. But, again, a trap for young players there. Rich? Yeah, Brian Toll could tell you he's a trap as well. You know, he doesn't do good at (laughs) wedding speeches either. (laughs) So, uh, often we look at star teams and we look at the halves and we see Luai in a lot of... uh, post-try celebrations, we see him involved in a lot of the game, but he has too many negatives in the game. You've got to also remember that his protector is no longer there. So he's going to get a little bit more traffic down his edge this year, I suspect, while they work out those combinations with his new uh, partner on that edge to work out how their tackling is, uh, is there a gap there? And I think you'll find he'll he'll get a few more missed tackles this season. Yeah, so definitely avoid him. All right, we've got some good chat on Cashies. Before we th- do that, if you haven't yet, we would love a review on Spotify. Apple, please join the banter on social media, Facebook at Talking League Pod, Twitter Talking League One, Instagram Talking League Pod. The Talking League textbook will be out Jan 30. I'm pretty sure by the time I release this, it will be out. So as a comprehensive guide to NRL Fantasy for 2023, 180 pages, full of the best worlds, analysis and dribble, and 17 team prof- profiles, predicted round one lineup, season schedule analysis, and representative player analysis, 391 player profiles, and draft and classic recommendations. Q&A with the two last chance, power rankings, and much, much more. 20% of profits from the textbook will be donated to Bow Cancer Australia. That's to honour the legacy and contribution to the fantasy community of Steve Nichols, who passed away from Bow Cancer a short time ago. Our partners at Game Day Squad have also thrown in two free packs of cards valued at $9.99, so there's a lot of value there. All of the details will be on the show notes at or visit talkingleaguepod.com. Before we move on, uh, Rich, now Steve was a big, uh, he was a friend of yours, mate, so did you want to say anything there, bud? I just love that uh, we're sort of following up his legacy. When the Renegades came out, he brought out the, uh, I think it might have been called the Bible, and it basically is doing exactly what we've just done. Heaps of player previews, really good analysis, and uh, Steve was the type of bloke that you'd send a DM to and he would answer your question, and I feel that we're sort of doing that the same. So if you get on the socials and you ever have a question, someone generally will get back to you pretty quickly. So 
no, he was a good bloke, Steve. Nice. Thanks for th- sharing that, Rich. All right, let's swallow we'll zoo. Trap, trap, city bitch. Trap, city bitch. Trap, trap, city bitch. Trap, city bitch. Trap, trap, city bitch. Rich, because we've got a few cashies to go through, I thought we'll go Trap City, bounce back, then we'll end in some cashies, mate. But Trap City, you got Sunua Trauva. 448k, break even to 31. Probably there for the first couple of rounds with May suspended, but tell me why you put him in Trap City there, bud. Uh, anytime you see a winger and this Fijian flyer can score a try. So you might see, oh, he's playing wing for the top team and you know he's got two weeks at least and then you know he's going to play over Origin and so he will make money because he's probably going to average around that 40, 45 mark. The problem is you can't hold him for that length of time. Uh, unless uh, unless there's an injury in those first two weeks uh, to Brian Toto, or if Talamay gets injured on the training paddock, he's just got no long-term future. But don't look at him and think, this is a cheap winger in the top team mm. who's going to score he is going to score tries. He's probably going to get 40 points a week, but there's no – it's going to be a long, long hold to make any money. Yeah. He just didn't get a discount, even though he only played a couple of games. Isaac Thompson was in a very similar boat, and he did. So he's just outpriced himself, even if he was to come into the team. And as you did say, mentioned average 40. Like, even though his break even's 31, there's a slight bit of value, but realistically, his job security wouldn't be there, especially if they all return. All right, let's move on. Last night took a L, but tonight I bounce back. Wake up every morning, by the night I count stacks. Knew that ass was real when I hit it, bounce back. You ain't getting checks. Now, Rich Brian Toho, 557k break even at 38. One of the most disappointing players for me, fantasy wise, because the year before last, he absolutely blitzed it. But he changed wings and it absolutely cost him fantasy wise. But you've got him a little bit on a bounce back. What are you seeing? Yeah, I'm seeing he's got the old miso in tow now. So happy <laughs> life, happy wife, or happy wife, happy life. So in this case, he's going to be playing happy. He's had the year uh, working with the centre. I think he's on um, Crichton's side. Yep. And so I think they're going to get a lot of ball down that edge. And I also think that sometimes you, a lot of players are guilty of that second-year syndrome where they get marked a little bit harder, people are aware of them. And then third year, they come up with a slightly different strategy. Maybe they run slightly different lines and it's their chance and they often bounce back in that third year. So... It's it's a little bit – there's not a lot of facts behind it. It's just a little gut feel that at 5.57, I might put him on the three-date rule, and if he looks like he's back to Brian Toto season one, mm. he could be coming into the team. Yeah. That, after that mate, fight. I've got something for you. With kick-out gone, they might have to balance out their attack a little bit more. So the, fl- the spread of the ball going to the left might balance back out to maybe a 50-50 left-right. And then I think the other one, the, the other guy that might – be a benefactor of this as well as Dylan Edwards because he's not used as a ball-playing fullback. He's usually just up the guts supporting. They might require him to actually ball-play a little bit out the back because kick-out, not having kick-out is a huge thing, and we'll talk about a couple of replacements in the tick, but I think that's what we've got to look at in the first trial, just kind of how the offense has changed, losing such, well, two quality players because Appy's gone as well. Yeah, no, I agree. All right, 
bit to talk about here with Cashies. Why don't we start... Well, there's going to be a battle of hookers and a battle of the left edge. Why don't we start with the hookers here, Rich. Now, Mitch Kenny comes in at a pretty good price here, man. 426k, break-even at 29. Now, I see plenty of teams loading up on him because not a lot of hookers are there at that price, mate. But give me your thoughts. Well, it's his turn. He's been a popular one in the team, but he just hasn't had that opportunity yet. Uh, we understand he is going to get first crack, and so we probably project him to get around that 55 to 60 minutes, and we believe that in those 55 to 60 minutes he can get 41 to 43 is sort of our projection. So that means there's probably 150k to make, and that's sort of that number that we like to make but it's also while getting the points that we can score in our team at the same time. So it's win-win uh, when it comes to Mitch Kenny. Yeah. We've seen him replace Appy Coruscant in the past, and he's done quite well kind of hitting those low 40 numbers. He was playing relatively huge minutes, though. So it's going to be interesting to see the makeup of the bench here, Rich, because Sonny Luke could be on there, Tyrone Peachy could be there. Both of them can play hooker. How many minutes do you think Mitch Kenny will get realistically? I do think he will get 55 to 60. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he'll have it in him to do, do the 80. And I, I think teams are starting to shy away from 80-minute hookers anyway. And when you, as you say, you've got that cover there on the bench. You've got Sonny Luke, who had a great World Cup. And you've got Tyrone Peachy, who can um, fill a spot if need be. So there's definitely options. Yeah. Where, where are you projecting Mitch Kenny based on a 55 to 60 minutes role there, bud? That's around that 41 to 43 sort of point-scoring mark. Um, we haven't really credited him with a lot of attacking stats at this stage, and we're just going to have to see how he performs uh, in that attacking role. A lot of those are just base stats and tackles and um, in the defensive line. So, um, Yeah, given the round three buy, I'm willing to maybe give him uh, post that buy. I just want to see more certainty around that role. Especially, I think his price won't go too far too soon as well. But let's talk about his other mate, Sonny Luke, 250k. Break-even of 17, relative rookie. He's older than people think, though. He's 26 years old. So it's not like he's just burst on the scene and they want to bring out this rookie. So what's your thoughts on him? If, if you're predicting 55, so you're thinking he's going to get 20, 25 minutes if he takes the bench roll. Yeah, that's right. Um, but he will be dynamic in that time that he gets. He will be the ultimate slow burn. He, 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 he could be like uh, Ilias from last year where you, you're saying, well, I need to make the money and I'm sort of committed to him. So I'm probably – originally I was going to pick him up, but I just think the burn's going to be too slow. And with there being so many other options, I think we're just going to have to pass on him and hope that perhaps he doesn't pick up too many minutes and that maybe – Maybe at some stage in the year he he takes over that starting role. Yeah, um, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, we're not, or I'm not convinced. Mitch Kenny's got much of a running game, and when you look at how Appy Corusau played, they they formed a lot of their attack off the back of his running game. Yep. and so it could be that change comes, and Sonny Luke has a running game, so it may be that uh, Cleary prefers Sonny Luke, and it might end up switching at some stage and we just have to be on the ball for when that switches. Yeah, I think we keep him on the radar, mate. 
250k, I think, 27-round season, I think he'll get his opportunity at some stage. It's going to be very difficult to play every single game. If an injury does happen to Mitch Kenny and he moves into that starting role and he reverses and gets 60 minutes, I think there'll be plenty of value there. But let's finish off with two edges here because it's going to be a great contest just to see who actually picks it up. Two very fantasy-relevant players. We're talking about Luke Garner, who comes in at 478k, break-even of 33. Zach Hosking... He comes in from the Broncos, 479k in a break-even of 33. But, Rich, who are you kind of leaning towards on this one, Garner or Hosking? I want Hoskings, and I think uh, thanks to the team and the office at uh, Talking League, definitely <laughs> it looks like Garner's going to get the gig. And uh, it's been pointed out that uh, Cleary coached Garner and brought him through at the Tigers, so they've got that connection. They've got that trust factor. Um, a little bit annoying from a fantasy perspective, but as we know, most coaches don't care about us fantasy. Well, no no coach should be caring about the fantasy <laughs> yeah. um, supporters. But well, uh, Hosking probably has bigger upside and um, more potential to make more money, but it looks like Garner will get that role. Although my narrative for saying that Garner won't get the role in Hosking will, as Garner would be a good bench player in the sense he can cover centres and second row. But I have been convinced that Garner will get the start. <laughs> he can do that starting or go on the bench, but he's got a great average of, what, 46 career average starting on an edge. So we know the kind of explosive game that he does possess in terms of his ability to run off his halves. So great hole runner. I do expect... A lot. Of, well, he's playing in a really good team for the first time in a long, well, ever. So just naturally, I think just having better halves around him will just naturally increase his potential to, to pick up some attacking stats. Job security, it's not going to be high because they're going neck to neck. But I really like Zach Hostings as well because he's got great pedigree. His dad was the mule back in the early 90s. I'm sure that you'll probably remember that too, Jay Warrior. But... Yeah, it's going to be really interesting just to see how it plays out. I do see Luke Garner playing 80 minutes at this stage. The, the beauty is is Liam Martin because Liam Martin can also play in the middle. And I think that's where kind of Zach Hosking will pick up his minutes. He will place Martin on an edge and then Martin will move into the middle as well. So it's great. Three great edges just to have. But yeah, if Luke Garner for me, I'm, I'm pretty much locking him in if he starts on that left edge because we know a lot of ball will head his way. But he's a very good defender as well. Probably doesn't have a huge amount of attacking stats in terms of offloads or tackle breaks in comparison to Viliami Kikau, but I still see at a break-even of 33, given his career average of 46. Plenty of upside there, man. Yeah. I thought there was an interesting stat I did when I was doing the research for him, is that in games where he's played over 50 minutes over the last four years, talking about uh, Ghana here, it's diminishing returns. He seems to be scoring less and less. But I think that could just be a confidence thing and playing in those, as you say, those weaker teams. He just hasn't had his chance. So, um, yeah, I don't think his – we've projected him at 44 to 46, mm. uh, which isn't as high as if Zach Hoskin gets it. But it will be fun to watch, and I'll definitely be watching uh, the Panthers' trials at the start. Um, I think you'll find they'll both be starting in almost all of those uh, – Trials because obviously you've got all those internationals and they're not going to play. Although Sorensen could also be the fly in the ointment and take the spot as well, and that would be ugly. Yeah, with with Zach, he's a base stat 
beast. What in three starts, averaging thirty-seven tackles, one hundred and forty-three meters gain, one offload, and four tackle breaks. So he's got a little bit of he's a, he's a bit of a stud there in terms of a fantasy potential. So keep him in your back black book. Hopefully he does come off the bench. That price sinks a little bit more, and then maybe he gets an opportunity sometime during the season. But he's the sort of guy that we just need to just keep and be very aware aware of there, Rich. Yeah, hundred percent. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was the Penrith Panthers. Rich, good good to have you back, man. I've uh, missed this, man. Oh, I, I, lo- I love it. Uh, wife said, what are you doing tonight? I said, oh, I've got the, the podcast. She said, oh, it's not league season again, is it? I said, you bet it is, you know. 40, <laughs> 45 minutes, I think I said. Tell uh, Miss J Warrior that, know. yeah, it's, it's starting, mate. This is just the start. Yeah, no. And, uh, and then, of course, we've got the draft coming up. Oh, I can't wait for the Talking League draft. Apparently it's back on. TK keeps threatening to uh, pull it from us because we've been misbehaving. But, uh, no, we're looking forward to that. Yes. And uh, <laughs> this will have a big influence in the draft. So, yeah. Stay on the lookout for that. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us. We'll have more team previews. Just remember, Team Doctor Monday night. So if you want to be part of that show, just send us a DM or an email. And you can also find us. We're going to restart the live Q&As on a Wednesday night, so that'll be 7.30 New South Wales time, so stay tuned for that. All right, guys, we'll check you then.